Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on our 4-0 success at Fur Hill against Air United is Jamie McDonald. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, good to talk over such a great win. Sure is, really improves the mood. Rhys Haldane's here. Rhys, how are you? I am really happy. Can't ask for much more than a 4-0 win. Brilliant. And rounding off our panel is David Forrest. David, how are you? Hello, I'm good. I've been learning my German. So it's Eins, zwei, drei, vier, I believe is how it goes. It's, it's wunderbar, as, as, as they say. David, I'll stick with you because I feel like I, I never really asked you this. What were your thoughts on the starting 11 on Saturday? We saw Tunji Akinola come back into the side. Cammy Smith kept his place in the side, but it was not at the expense of Rudd and Orgram. They both played up front with Smith playing out on the right at the expense of Kyle Turner. Were you happy with the, the starting 11 when you saw it on Saturday? Before um, the game, I think we all kind of thought we're, we're going for it. We've got Rudden and Graham up front and we've got Cammy Smith on the right. It was a bit of eyebrows raised at, at Turner um, being left out, but I could kind of see where they were going, just maybe shaking up because Turner's been playing a lot of it, a lot of times out of position anyway. So it's kind of like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I wasn't unhappy with the the eleven. Um, I thought it was a good team and Akinola coming back in. We've raved about Akinola. I've loved watching him, and when he got dropped uh, last week, or was it the week before? Um, we were all very disappointed. So it was good seeing him sort of reaffirming his place there. And yeah, no, I I was very happy with the eleven uh, when it came out. Jamie, we spoke last week about sort of round pegs and round holes, especially at the back. Richard Forster moved to right back with Kevin Holt moving out to left back, and that allowed Mayo and Akinola to play in their natural positions as well. Were you happy with that? And what what impact did that have on the performance? How key was that? I think it was I think it was really important because Holt linked up really well at left back all day with uh, Tiffany. I thought he had a really good game out on the left hand side. I thought Foster was solid enough on the right. He hadn't been amazing in recent weeks, so it was good to see him have a solid enough defensive performance. Who else was playing in the natural position? Oh, yeah, Tunjak and all this slotting back in at centre-half. I was happy to see that. It's not that he's bad at right-back. I, I rate him anywhere. I think he's a very solid defender, but I think he's better utilised as a centre-half, so I was glad to see him move back in there. Only person I think was out of position maybe was Cammy Smith playing on the right, but I thought he shaped up very well there. I thought he had a really good game. Glad to see him get his first goal and yeah, I think that's the lineup we've got to stick with now. I mean, I know it's harsh for Turner getting dropped. He has been very good for us, but we can't be going around changing that for the Hamilton game in the league. Maybe the Queen of the South game, McCall mentioned, you might make a few changes for that. But the Hamilton game, I think we go with the same lineup, barring injury. And I thought we played very well. And it shows if you play players in positions that they are meant to be strongest in, it's where they usually play best. I was listening to Sports Sound on the radio coming back from the game on Saturday. And I think Trick Young said it was quite a strange game 
I think both teams took a while to get used to the conditions in the pitch. Obviously, there was a lot of surface water on the pitch, and I think it took it took both teams a while to get used to it, and Air probably didn't get used to it at all. Reese, how close to a sort of complete performance was that? Obviously, the scoreline suggests it was a complete performance, but where could we improve? And just generally, how good was the performance, do you think, on Saturday? Yeah, as you say, it was a really pretty close to completion performance. Like, well, well, dominant from start to finish. I don't really remember too many games at Fur Hill that have been so one-sided. Um, and as has been mentioned with the defence, it felt like there was a lot more fluidity with the side with all the defenders actually playing in their natural position for a change. And that allowed us to build from the back. The beginning of the game, it was a really slow tempo for the first 20, 20 or so minutes. Um, but the game obviously sparked into life when Tiffany put the ball into Rudden. And that was by no means an easy header. They still had a ton of work to do like to get the effort goalwards. Like, it was being held by Sean McGinty. And to flick it towards goal, it was a great great play from Rudden. Obviously, when the second goal came, my worst nightmare happened. Uh, the curse of David Forrest happened to me. Like A couple of my mates who, they are Fissel fans, but they're fair weather Fissel fans. They don't really go all the time. They're like, oh, you ought to go and get a pie. And I never go for a pie anymore, just because I don't want to miss the game. I was like, right, it's the 45th minute, I'll go and get a pie. Miss the goal. Absolutely typical. But it was really good to see Cammy Smith get off the mark and look like he enjoyed the celebrations as well against getting up there, fans, where he was playing last season. Um, but his second half, total cruise control again. Scott Tiffany was unplayable. And see, when Tiffany has a day like that, I think we can scud any team in this division. Um, so often, Tiffany just looks to get to the byline. And some folks were saying that teams had kind of sussed how to play against him. But as you've seen a lot at the weekend there, he was like playing balls into the box from deep. And his deliveries were brilliant. You look at the the first goal and the third goal, the two, the Brudden goals slash McGinty own goal, um, his deliveries were frightening um, and big Brian Graham just does what he's been doing he can't stop scoring at the minute so uh, it was a very very good day at the office for the Jags Yeah I completely agree I think as you said the first 20-25 minutes were really slow and I, I don't know if it was the water on the pitch or I don't know if the team were just a bit nervous off the back of the poor run of form they've been on but as you said once we got a goal and once we got ahead it was it was a totally dominant performance the last hour we were in complete control. It was almost like a training game, really, because they really put up nothing. Um, David, what were your thoughts on the performance? Yeah, I kind of have to echo it. Was, it was very much even like in the first 20, 25 minutes and it was quiet. It wasn't even like we were under sustained pressure or we were having to battle to kind of keep chances away or anything like that. It, Air, I, I don't remember m- much, if anything, that Air did in the game like it was just a, com- a comprehensive performance like we just totally blew them away and it, it was su- it was such a great reaction to the sort of three three losses in the bounds where a lot of people had been kind of putting the the start of the season into focus and going how well are we going to do it did we just get lucky early on or whatever like can we actually contend and a, 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 a performance like that shows that Again, as Reese says, on a on a day like that, when Tiffany's playing like that, we can scud anyone. And yeah, like it just shows you what this team can do. I think at the start of the season, we're all very excited about the creativity and the way that we played and stuff like that. And thinking if we can translate that into the season, it will be amazing. And then we had a couple of weeks where it didn't translate, and we were like, maybe we were a bit too optimistic. Maybe we should sort of set our expectations, and maybe the the start wasn't what we're going to get but a performance at Saturday just shows you that we can do stuff like that and like 
there is a lot of optimism despite the three losses in the last couple of weeks. There is a lot of optimism there that we can take and absolutely can go on with that. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the Queen of South and Hamilton games now because of this, because we've shown just how good we can be against teams. There is very much, I think there is a gulf in the championship between the top half and the bottom half. And I think I think we've shown that we can beat most of the bottom half teams quite comfortably. And I think we, we are sort of on the, the higher end of that gulf. And yeah, you know, we, we did lose to Inverness and Kelly stuff like that, but we will be there or thereabouts. And I think we have enough about us to kind of get these sort of results and put ourselves into some form of contention for be it playoffs or, you know, running Inverness or Kelly or whatever. Um, I, I think the fact that Kelly lost and Inverness lost as well, um, and our broth drew, which is such it was just such a great feeling coming out, going we've won and all the other teams around us have lost or drawn. Like it just really felt like it pulled you right back in, and yeah, it was a fantastic performance. Akinola was amazing. Bannigan, as usual, I can't remember the last time Bannigan had a bad game for us. He's just he's just unreal, and you know Rudden was great, and Graham getting a goal like. I was kind of thinking I really want a Graham goal just to kind of keep the momentum where if he goes a couple of games of a, a goal or whatever, you know, it might, it, it might, it might dent his confidence a little bit. So him just, he can, he can, the fourth was great to see and just kind of keeps the momentum rolling for him. So yeah, fantastic performance. I can't rave about it enough. Jamie, you've already mentioned how unfortunate Kyle Turner was to find himself out of the starting eleven on Saturday. I want to ask you about the midfield. I tweeted after the game that when Ross Docker plays well, Partick Thistle play well. And I think that generally has been the case for like the last year now. Because I think over the last few weeks when our form's dipped, he's not been at his best. And of course, um, you can't pin all the blame on him for us not playing well. But he has the sort of midfield heartbeat along with Bannigan. And Bannigan, as David's mentioned, is... Um, Never worse than a 7 out of 10. So I want to ask you, and I get, I'm emphasising this because it's no criticism of Kyle Turner at all, but how much would you put Ross Docherty's good performance on Saturday down to the fact that it was back to Banzo and Doc in a midfield two with a more, na- well, a more natural attacking player out wide in Cammy Smith rather than somebody like Kyle Turner who's maybe coming inside to do similar things to Banzo and Docherty? How much would you attribute it to that and how much would you maybe attribute it to air being not so good? I could probably factor in both of them. Also, the fact that Doc had something to prove. He'd not played his best last couple of games. He was against his old side. Those two facts I think you could also put in. But I think having Cammy Smith out wide allowed Doc to just kind of get back to basics. In recent games, I felt he was trying to you know, go on a few runs or kind of dribble the ball past a few players and that's not really his job for us. His job is, you know, win the ball back, spray some good passes out wide, win balls in the air, win those 50-50s. That's what he's good at. That's When he plays well, those are the things he usually does well. When he plays well, you don't think of him going on, you know, mazy skill runs and taking on loads of long shots or, you know, that's not his game. Even though he did have a long shot, which was on target, usually his game is tackling, passing, stop breaking down the play, getting his possession. And I thought he did all of them really well. Not having Kyle Turner on the side maybe did help him this week because he had Bannigan alongside him. He could be relaxed because he knew if he, you know, he could go in for the tackles knowing that Bannigan was also there to mop up. He had they seemed to have a really good partnership together, similar to Rudden and Graham up front. Bannigan and Doc a really good partnership in the middle. 
Smith on the right, I thought he was fantastic. So Doc having him spray the ball out wide so we knew that Smith could, you know, really get us up the pitch. Doc he didn't need to do that himself, which as I said, I thought he'd been trying to do in recent weeks. Instead he could just do his job and say trying to take us up the pitch. And yeah, I thought that he had a really, really good game. And I agree if you win Doc plays well, we usually do play well as well. It's obviously not all down to Doc, but I honestly think that when we do play well, Doc usually has a good game alongside the squad. And he's just so crucial to us when he when he's on his game, when he's doing the basics right. Yeah, absolutely. He is the sort of gel to the side. So when he plays well, the defence have less to do, the defence are less exposed. And also the attacking players just get more of the ball because he's there just recycling the ball all the time, giving it to the players like Tiffany, like Smith, like Rudden, who, who can hurt teams. And that's exactly what we saw on Saturday. We've had a couple of chats just in the group chat and on, on Twitter about Rudden and Graham. How lucky are we to have those two as our attack in this division this year? It's, it's really, really good to see. Like So often since kind of Doolin's left the club, you're always thinking, who's the next man going to be? Who's kind of like our number nine? Who's going to put the ball away every week? And the fact that we've got two of them, two top talents as well. Graham come towards the latter stage of his career and I honestly think it's a massive coup for us to have Zach Rudden at this club. He's 21 years of age, he's got all the attributes of a natural goal scorer, works his socks off, and he's a big shithouse and bastard. Just, yeah, I love him a bits, and I'm just so happy that he, he, might, he finally managed to turn his form around at the tail end of last season, because there was a point where things weren't looking good for him, um, and people started to get in his back, but he, he obviously hit that good run of form last season that coincided with, with us winning the league. And he's kind of carried on ever since. And him and Graham, when it, whenever Graham doesn't, Graham plays without Rudden, you don't get the best out of Graham. He, he looks like he looks a bit lost at times. Um, and that's not that's not a a slight on anyone else. It's just saying like how good a partnership the two of them have. And I feel like we're so lucky to have that. I think both of them. Both, I don't even think I know that both of them could easily be playing in the Premiership. Um, so we're lucky to have them both, and they're both on combined 15 goals already at this point in the season is madness. Graham's on nine goals in 13 games. It's crazy. Like Normally you're seeing Fissel strikers. For a Fissel striker, 15 goals in a season is a great season. I'm, I'm fairly confident that Brian Graham will smash that target this season. and I, I'd like to think that Rudden will be close to that too. So yeah, I'm, re- I'm really happy with that and I'm, I'm thankful it's us because anyone else in the division with a strike force like that and I'd fear it because I think by far not away. We're a long distance ahead when it comes to strikers. David, on last week's episode, we spoke about, well, I mentioned about how concerning it could be going forward that the right-hand side of our attack wasn't as um, efficient as the left-hand side and could be worked out. What difference did Cammy Smith make to this team on Saturday playing on the right-hand side and being that little bit more attacking and Turner getting himself into the box he obviously got a goal it wasn't an attack down the right but it was a, a right hand side of the attacker coming in and scoring how big a difference did he make and should he stay in the team long term yeah you, you, you kind of have to look we, I think one of our issues we talked about how previously we had been scoring goals and then they kind of dried up but we were conceding goals as well I think having someone on the right really helped with that because Turner's obviously a great player and the, the sort of the the advantage he gives us from set pieces and stuff like that really can't be overlooked. He, he did some great play to set people up and things like that. But you could you could see it um from Cammy Smith, just the way that he he was playing down the right and 
setting stuff up as well that it, it really helped us. And again, like T- Turner was playing out of position all that time. Um, so of course it's going to be a bit of, a bit more of a struggle, whereas Cammy Smith's probably a bit more natural there. Even then as well, and when Hasty came on, I really liked Hasty. He had a great turn of pace about him as well. He done all right with his sort of 10, 15 minute cameo as well. And it's quite good to know that you have kind of options there, whereby you've got Cammy Smith who really set himself up. And again, you know he's getting goals. We we wanted to see goals from him, so it's nice to see him finally fulfilling that and. Hopefully he can kind of kick on, much like Rudden against Cowden Beef. You know, you just need one goal and then that's you. So, yeah, the future is bright for the right-hand side and I think it will really help because, again, we talked about how Tiffany was being marked at games and stuff like that and having someone on the right who can pose a threat, it, it diverts attention, it splits teams and makes them concentrate on more than one thing and it causes issues and Graham can get in and Rudden can get in and... Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a great, it's a great, great thing to have, and yeah, it, it was great on Saturday. Reese, what changes would you like to see on Friday night? Just looking ahead to the Queen of the South game in the cup. Obviously, Ian McCall's got a bit of a decision to make whether he wants to freshen it up. I think he's hinted at some players who have been on the fringes getting some minutes, but he'll obviously want to keep the momentum from from the four 0 win on Saturday. There, what sort of team would you like to see take to the field and to freeze on Friday? Um, what I've said to you guys that uh, I think that the team that played at the weekend just there should be the team for the next couple of weeks. But I know that it is a cup game um, and there will be a couple of faces reshuffled. Um, Stephen Hendry will come in, which which I've actually been wanting to see him play for a wee while. But off the back of one, you're like, right, everyone's back playing a non-position. It's not the best time for him to come in, but he needs minutes in the legs. Hopefully he can have a good a good showing and maybe put himself in into contention. I think pretty much the rest of the defence will stay the same. This is this is one of the games where you're probably looking to switch the keepers around, but after Sneddon kind of getting his run and being relatively good in the last couple of games, being pretty quiet, you probably want to keep Sneddon in, give him another 90 in the tank, hopefully he can get another clean shoot, who knows. So it's tough for Harry Stone. You, you would like to see him get some minutes, you don't want him to be wasting away on the bench, but if Sneddon's playing well, you don't want to drop him because it's just chopping and changing again. Uh, Turner, I imagine, would come back in. As I've said, like Turner is a brilliant player and he's, he's started brilliantly for us and he's, he's done nothing to merit being dropped. But as you say, Cammy Smith's probably probably more natural down the right-hand side. So I'm not opposed to Turner maybe sitting on a bench and introducing him later on in games. But he probably deserves a start at the, at the Queen of South game. I think Graham and Rudden will play. I, think, I don't know if McCall's maybe had a word with the Scotland 21's manager and said he doesn't want Rudden being taken away for this game because I know I know Rudden's been used a bit sparingly for the under-21's he's not started games for him I think he started one out of three maybe I'm not sure but um, it's only male that's going away this time in it so sorry I forgot all about that Kevin Holt will be at centre-half and that will allow for Steve Hendry to come in but I, I don't want to see wholesale changes I imagine you, you might see Murray and McIver again but apart from that I want us to go and win this game I want us to win the cup and it's always kind of a bad timing. We pick up a, a great one in the league and you're wanting to carry on the momentum but I'm really looking forward to this. A Friday night game I waited on Freeze. Bus is leaving at about five o'clock. I know other people get trains and stuff. It's always a really good feeling. Like a, a midweek game at night. I know it's not really midweek but a nighttime game away down to Dumfries. It's a good away day so hopefully we can get a win and carry on in the cup. Yeah, I th- I think for me, because it is 
it's the the game that week. It's not a midweek game. It's not an extra game. I think I would like to see a basically a full strength starting eleven. As you said, it's likely Hendry will come in to the side that at left back with Holt moving back to cover for Mayo. David, what about you? What sort of team do you want to see on Friday night? I'm here for the cup glory, man. Full full eleven, no mercy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, absolutely crush them. Um, yeah, I like. I feel we should be keeping the same same side. Obviously, uh, Mayo's away. So yeah, you'll have Hendry at left back, Holt Arkinola centre back, Forster at right, Banzo Doc. Um, and yeah, I, I think Cammy Smith is more than earned his his place in the right hand side for this game. Rudden and Graham up front, just absolutely go for them. We show what we can do when we go for teams. Um, against there, there's no reason why we can't do that again. And I know every week I come on here and go, there's no reason that we can beat team that we cannot beat Team X. And then something bad happens and turns out there is a reason why we cannot beat Team X. But there is no reason why we can't beat Queen of if we just play like we did on Saturday. Um, I yeah, f- no mercy. <laughs> that, that's all I want. Jamie, the goalkeeping position is quite interesting on Friday. We've discussed it a lot so far this season not in the last couple of weeks because Jamie Sneddon has been pretty sound really sound really since the Inverness game do you think he should stay in goals to to continue the momentum that he's built up in the last couple of weeks or should Harry Stone come in and get some minutes see again I always feel these ones are hard to answer because realistically it would be good to get Stone some minutes because he's going to be you know pretty demotivated on the bench He's been sitting there. He doesn't look like he's getting back in the league team anytime soon because, you know, Sned's been solid in the last few games. Got a clean sheet at the weekend. I can't see Stone starting Hamilton away. I'm very sure Sned will start Hamilton away unless he plays in the weekend as a disaster performance. But I probably, I probably would, wouldn't mind Stone getting a, a few, you know, getting some minutes under his belt at the weekend or on Friday rather. So, yeah, I'd like Stone to start, give him some game time. But if Stead starts, I won't be grumbling because he's been good recently and we can't just constantly be chopping and changing goalkeepers because he hasn't actually been in that long and to continue his run would be good. But if Stone starts, it would be good for him to get some minutes. We've spoken about the importance of a cup run before and how the, the Challenge Cup represents our best opportunity at that. So I'll just come around you all and just briefly describe how, how important you think this is and also allow score prediction for Friday night's game. So, David, I'll start with you. Is this a priority? Is it a bit of fun and a score prediction? I, I think it's going to sound mental. I do think it is a priority, to be honest. I think it's... Well, I, I didn't go to the Challenge Cup final before. So, for me... I, I, I want nothing more than to go to a cup final for this, regardless of whether it's the Diddy Leaf or Ramson's Cup or, or whatever. So I absolutely want us to be treating this as a priority. I think the momentum as well for this specific game and that we've had that great win against there, you can't treat this as, oh, it's just a cup game. Let's just wholesale change the side. You won the 4-0 last week. Keep that up and go for it. Um, a Challenge Cup, I mean, you look at teams who do well in the Challenge Cup, it, um, it is sort of top-level championship sides who are, ha- are on a good run. You look at like, you know, Dundee United, um, uh, Inverness, these sort of teams are all sort of fighting for promotion while in the Challenge Cup. Ourselves, when we got to the final, it is a mark of a, a sort of top championship side is if they get to a good run in the Challenge Cup. I know 
if you are, you know, a big team fan, the, the Challenge Cup is nothing to you. But I think what it would mean, I think for McCall as well, I mean, we, we've talked before about how McCall has unfinished business here and he wants to get, you know, realise his goals. And I, I honestly think that the Challenge Cup is a, a thing for him. I honestly feel like he he wants to take us to a cup final and give us that day. Um, and the Challenge Cup offers our best chance to do it. So I absolutely think, as, as weird as it sounds, it should be a priority because we're in this league where, you know, regardless, you might, you know, play the games that you've got and take the chances that you've got. Teams that just, um, you know, um, hand wave, like the Challenge Cup and stuff like that. I mean, I, I remember I went to the Dumbarton Challenge Cup final and they got to the Challenge Cup final and it was an amazing day. And like what it meant to that club getting to that final was amazing. And it's something that like us as a club having something like that again after the, the Queen of the South game um, at, at Almondville, it's absolutely something that would be so beneficial for us because we're on such a good wave of everything that we're doing at the moment. It's just um, outside of like the pitch is we're, re- we're really coming on as a club in that, in that respect and we're really hitting the mark with lots of stuff that we're doing and having a cup final to kind of focus the club around would be amazing and absolutely I'd be treating it as a priority as weird as it might sound. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think the key words you hear from a lot of players, experts, staff about how to achieve success is momentum and I know we talk about it a lot on here and the momentum a cup run brings, and you're not just sort of beating teams that you might never play again, you're beating teams in our division, where we're going to play Queen of the South, I think we might be due to play Morton in a later round as well, you're beating teams in your division who you're going to play another four times that season, and that's that's really good for the confidence, it's a one-up on that, on that side before you take to the field the next time, and from a fan's point of view, David, as you've mentioned with the Dumbarton thing, that's why we go. We go to get these memories of cup finals. Seeing our team, we all remember um, the 2013 Challenge Cup final, even if we weren't all there. We all have seen the pictures. We've seen Dylan's goal. And we, we want another one of those days, really. So, yeah, top priority, I think, hand in hand with the league. Jamie, a score prediction for Friday? Turn off, asshole. Reese. Um, just touching on the game, like I know we played a, a relatively strong squad against Stranraer, and I think we'll actually turn it up a notch again. Obviously, it's a step up in opponent, and I, I do think Queen of the South are no mugs. I think they're actually a really good team, not a really good team, but they they have a bit about them this year. Um, and I think this this will be our toughest kind of opponent we'll face until the final because we already kind of know a draw our route to the final as such. Um, so I think if we get through this unscathed, we can have a right good go at it. Um, and I do think McCall not necessarily will prioritise it, but he will be looking to win this tournament. There's no really any qualms about that. Um, as you say, like, he doesn't really like to ever have a free week. See, if we, by, for any reason we have a free week, he will always try to organise a friendly, like a, a bounce game. Um, I remember earlier this season, uh, Kun Jack and Ola played a trial game like, as a trialist for us played Hamilton in a friendly um, so he always likes to keep it busy I don't think he'll be making massive changes but I, as, as the boys have said hopefully we can get to another final and it's, it's a, just a great it's a feel good factor for the club momentum will keep building um, and I do see us winning this one and I think it'll be 3-1 Thistle 
David, that prediction? Um, I'll go 3 1 Thistle as well. Graham, Rudden, and Tunji Akinola, a bicycle kick. Fuck it, why not? Jeez, oh. I'll go, I'll go 2 0 Thistle. Build on the clean sheet from from last week with Akinola back in the heart of the defence. Maybe not scoring bicycle kicks, but keeping another clean sheet. I'll go 2 0 Thistle. And we'll move on to our Partridge Thistle section this week. So I'm going to ask, um, as we saw McParland Way unveiled with the, the lovely mural of, of Davy McParland just outside Furhill, I'm going to ask you if you could rename a street anywhere in the world after anybody, where would it be and what would the street be called? So, David, I'll come to you first. I mean, there's, there, when I think of this, I think of the the great the great things in my life, and it, it comes back to metal bands. So I think Bolt Thrower are one of the best bands that UK the UK have ever made. They're incredible. I love them, and they don't get the recognition that they deserve. I I they're a national treasure, even if they do just sing about Warhammer. But I I would name a street in Coventry Bolt Thrower Way. I think they're just the best. And, and I didn't sit in a merch queue for an hour to get a T-shirt for no reason. So Bolt Thrower Way in Coventry. That's the way to go. Did Jamie, you're under pressure because you you passed on the passage this whole question last week. No, so no, no, I thought I thought we're I wanted expecting big things. Good, nah, glad I, to hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, Far Hill Court behind you know uh, behind the John Lambie stand where the flats are. Far Hill Court's where we're boring names. They need to rename that Dolan Street or something. He deserves a street. He deserves a street, and he's a club legend. So I'm going to rename that Dolan Street. Aziz Ali. After the, the, the one each Selic <laughs> draw. We've already got a beautiful name this street. I was trying to think of something along the lines of like, you know, you see things that's like on Twitter, the club they own on, like taking the piss. And I was thinking you could maybe call like Airdrie Stadium like Chris Elliott way after putting the ball in there. Something like that. I, did, I did go down that, that sort of route for mine. I was going to have a wee street outside Fur Park because obviously he's got Hamilton ties, but it, it always seemed to to annoy Motherwell fans when we played at Fur Park and they also bullied a linesman and disallowing a goal against Motherwell. So in tribute to that, I would have a, a mural of Tam Cherney just outside Fur Park and rename the street Piss Boilers Way. So in tribute to, to Big Tam, that would be... That would whatever, be the, whatever the street capital is in, just rename it Craig and Crescent. Oh God, that one. <laughs> I am. Um, I my uh, my wife bought an Amazon Echo last week, and I'm trying to train it whenever I ask who put the ball in the Adrian net to to see if it will reply. I'll, I'll keep you updated. If you see an intro in like twelve episodes time, and we asking that, <laughs> you'll know why. <laughs> if you're looking for something at Capo to call Craig, and it's got to be the crane, Jamie Craig and Crane. Uh, yeah, I like it, Craig. See, see before. See before we move on, have you got any other conspiracies? Because I was lapping that J. Lloyd Samuel one up the other week. <laughs> J. Lloyd Samuel, right, we've got... Tom Hosey volunteered to come on to debunk the, the Paul McCartney one in full. He, he wasn't having it. it it's, a, it's a full Christmas episode. See when we have a match uh, abandoned because yeah. of snow or something in, in January, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a full conspiracies episode. Don't worry. I don't, I don't know if any of you guys use this app, but there's a like a series that this TikTok user does and it's like football conspiracies and they're absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely, like they play creepy music over it and it's like, it's like, did Kalina get instructions from UEFA to eliminate Everton from the Champions League in 2004 and they could <laughs> delve into it and stuff, man, it's mad. 
Oh man, we can we can we do like a Thistle X Files where we just do like a conspiracies episode where we all come in for our favourite like a talk Thistle conspiracies and it's all just conjecture that we made up, and I'll get like spooky X Files music and we can we can do that. That sounds like a good laugh. Um, that yeah, the goal. It's it's our podcast. We can do it. Really like. I mean, I, I mean, guess what we're doing next week when we get knocked at the Challenge Cup. Uh, no, no analysis of Queen of the South three parts like this one now. Um, Dan Jeffries didn't actually exist. Industry plant. Hologram. It's a, it's a deep fake. I do love that we're going to get to like episode 100 and Reese will be totally red pilled and just be like talking about <laughs> cultural Marxism and all that and like we'll have to like edit them out and I uh, we'll get we'll be getting the Infowars demographic all listening in for Reese Haldane's hot takes. Never mind Mitch Austin, man. What about Jason Panson? We never actually saw him. I mean, we saw Mitch Austin, but we never we never really saw Jason Panson, so we actually don't know if he was here. Uh, speaking of players, we never saw that much of. Mind we had Aaron Lennox and he played 45 minutes in the League Cup, got injured and then we never saw him again. What a man. He was on the commentary on Wraith TV the other day. He was doing that. <laughs> oh, is he like the only ever Fizzle player to have a 100% shutout record? Uh, uh, Glenn Daniels played in the last game of the season we won the league as well. He got one. I don't oh, mention that Aaron Lennox on this yeah. podcast because remember I told you that he stole a bike for the for the gym <laughs> <laughs> and he still was fussed that bike. I like his bike. <laughs> Um, I, I think we should just get Alex Jones on, like the Fistle player, and just ask him about like lizards and stuff like that. No, the one I know. Be... <laughs> no, I think I think we should we should try and get the Fistle player on and ask him nothing about his Fistle career, and just ask him about like the water in Flint, Michigan, and stuff like that, and see what he says. Um, I think that that would be some episodes. Just Alex Jones conspiracy corner. Can we? Are we just gonna have a segment called Alex well, Jones we'll, Info Wars? Keep our fingers crossed for a, yeah. a, a call off then, so we don't have any football to talk about. Absolutely. That's straight uh, in the battle into getting Alex Jones on to talk about his career, but I can spend is fine, but no, his career. <laughs> right, David, Reese, Jamie, uh, thanks very much for for joining me this week. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at DrawLoserDraw. Um, you probably won't find us on Facebook. Facebook's been down for three or four hours as we speak. Will it come back? Who can say? So you might not be able to find us on Facebook anymore, but listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify and iTunes. And as always, stay safe and buy a season ticket. Mm-hmm.